bombing all over the country. They are posing as movies you already know. They may be in your theaters, your neighbor's home, or even your own. Why are you doing that voice? I don't know. <laughs> I thought it made me sound cool. It doesn't. I'm Jason Bishop, host of the Invasion of the Remake podcast with co-hosts Sam Stepanenko and Trish Coughlin. Join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not-so-favorite remakes. We'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking, complete with our own fantasy casting. You can get all 130 episodes and counting on... Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even freaking YouTube. For the low, low price of absolutely nothing, join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet. Scott, I have terrible news. Mm. Boss Baby, it's getting a sequel. Achi-machi! Wait, what? We watched The Critic, so you know what that means. What? No, what does that mean? Don't worry about it. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. I have questions. Here's a couple of acres. Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. How'd you die? How old are you? Because you could be 20-something, but you could also be a teenager. We don't have to be mean. Because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Kurland. I'm Haley. And for a bonus episode to make up for Denver, the last fucking dinosaur. You owe me big. Well, I repaid it big with <laughs> with The Critic. Yeah, I remember when you first introduced me to the show. Like, how how long ago was that? <laughs> Probably five years ago. Was it? Was yeah. it five years ago? Yeah, it was when we first started dating. Oh, okay. I had to suss you out. <laughs> <laughs> was This was a test? Yeah, it was a test. <laughs> well, you didn't like The Simpsons, which I thought was weird because this was created by... I didn't grow up with The Simpsons. Yes, but this was cre- you didn't grow up with this. And this was created by Al Jean and Mike Reese, who are still heavily show-running The Simpsons. Yeah, but the pro- my main problem with The Simpsons is, first of all, how many seasons are they on now? Like 31 or 30. Yeah, my point is made. I So I didn't grow up with it. I like to start shows from the very beginning. I Let's see, I was born, you know, in the 90s. How long had the show been going on? Um... The, uh, the Simpsons started in 89, so by time you... I started watching it when I was four. Yeah, so so I was still an infant. 
I, I was a twinkle in my mother's eye when it first yeah, came out. Yeah, but by the time you were like six or seven when you could watch it, I mean, if your parents would let you watch it like that, that's no, the they gold, would not have. But that was that you you would be at the sweet spot for like the golden age of The Simpsons. But the- I just it's been on too long. And I, I never know what time or, you know, well, we have what day it's on. We have the good seasons of The Simpsons. I don't. Yeah, but it just doesn't interest me. So the critic was created by Al Jean and Mike Reese. Or as John Lovitz called Al Jean in front of his seven-year-old daughter on her birthday, hey, it's gay Al Jean. Seriously? Yeah, apparently John Lovitz uh, was a he bit of a... He let the cat of, out of the bag? Al Jean's not gay. Okay, well, I didn't know if... No, the, I didn't know. <laughs> this was the 90s when they used derogatory terms to try and, you know... Undermine? Yeah. People in their careers? Yes. Uh, John Lovitz wasn't very woke... <laughs> E- oh, that's unfortunate. Well, I hear he's a nice guy. My my friend is his agent, and apparently he's a real sweetie poo. He just, you know, has that that sense of humor, and that's why they cast him as Jay Sherman. Okay. You need someone who has that like like very dry sense of humor, but also has a very sweet heart. Okay. Yeah. And- and like this was, if you listen to the commentary on the DVD, the reason why they went with John Lovitz is this was originally supposed to be a live action TV show um, about really about like a Today Show type of show where like the starring a film critic, obviously. No, 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 no. He was supposed to be the like the Kramer or like the George Costanza, the secondary character. Um, it was supposed to be about like a producer of a Today Show type of show and. Like, she was a busy businesswoman who couldn't get along with her, you know, lead anchor, but she was really in love with him. And then every now and then there would be, like, a film critic who would give, like, reviews of really bad movies. And then they became so obsessed with the critic that they wanted to give him his own TV show. And then from there, they're like, oh, but it's going to cost forever in, like, a day to, A, make the... um to make the short films but also it's going to cost a fortune to make them and they're like not if we animate it so james l brooks and then jay sherman was born yeah pretty the much. critic yeah and the only way john lovitz was gonna agree to do it um was if it was animated because he was really busy making movies um like a league of their own that's what made them cast it and if you watch a league of their own and you watch this, his character is very so, similar to Jay Sherman. So when did this come out? 94. 94, okay. It was 94 was to 96. Good... Okay, so by then, The Simpsons had been kind of hitting its stride, so there was a decent... This wasn't on Fox. Okay, but nevertheless, there were shows that were animated that were for adults Yes. at that time, and they were doing really well. Just The Simpsons, pretty much. Okay, all right, so this was, you know, riding the high of The Simpsons. Yeah. Okay. But, but ABC, clearly it didn't ABC do very well. ABC picked this up. It didn't do well because ABC didn't know what to do with it. Oh, they pulled a Firefly? Yeah, so... so That's sad. They canceled it after the first season. Fox picked it up, and Fox was doing well with it. The only problem was um, the show was produced by Sony, not Fox. So Fox is like, we don't really have any stake in this, so we're going to give it to this brand new show called King of the Hill. Ah, so, okay. So yeah, 
King of the Hill ended up taking over. And this is this is one of my favorite cartoons. Do of you all want time. to explain what pulling a firefly is? Because I have a feeling that'll come up later. <laughs> I, I I feel like our fan base who listens to this podcast know knows what that means. Okay. But pulling a firefly means you cancel it after like one season, you show it out of order, and then it you gets just, such a huge cult following. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Does the show have a cult following now? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, this show has a huge cult following, so much so that there's little mini shorts on here. Um, back when Shockwave was a website, they did little mini... Um, Are you ep- also trying to keep the burps down after our dinner <laughs> that we had? A little bit. <laughs> okay. I do that all the time. If you on notice the po- an awkward pause, we had a very like full, rich dinner. <laughs> yeah, because we're recording this on, on one of our anniversaries. So, yep. So, yeah. We're, I'm very full and very content. So, that's how much we love you is that we're taking time out of our busy schedule to <laughs> record eh, for you. Yeah, I mean, well, we're watching a show we both like. Yeah, I know. We're relaxing on the couch. I know, but we could be watching a movie and not recording right now. Yeah. So but here we are. Because we love you, the dare listener. The dare listener? The dear listener. <laughs> The D.A.R.E. program listener. Don't do drugs. They're part of the D.A.R.E. program. Don't do drugs. Oh, what a horrible failure of a program. They still teach it today. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. Do they? No, they they can't because it was proven to be a failure. Oh, okay. It introduced kids more to drugs than it did deter (laughs) them from them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have a question about like how they do it. Yeah, you don't want to do heroin. What's heroin? Well, heroin is a drug that you take a spoon, you light it up, you shoot it into a needle, then you shoot that into your arm. Or you can do cocaine. Uh, Officer uh, Krupke, you might not want to tell them what all the drugs are. Hold on, hold on. I haven't even gotten to marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) This is angel dust. (laughs) Getting back to the critic. And now, shrooms. My favorite drug. Not mine. I mean the officer in this scenario. You're supposed to say and scene. When and scene. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are so boring. Yes. <laughs> um, anyways, back to the critic. Are we boring though? Yes. We don't drink. We don't do drugs. We don't smoke cigarettes. We might as well be the Brady Bunch. Oh, God, don't say that. You got the Marsha hair. We're fun in other ways. We make our own fun. We record a podcast where we talk about nostalgic TV shows and movies. That's our fun. Yeah, and you're getting not gonna, back to that. Yeah, I know, but you're not going to see like a 30 for 30 documentary or a behind the, the music like of Writer's Bagel Basket. Yeah, and then Scott got out of control and Haley had to send him back to rehab. Like, what? <laughs> what would that be? He was drinking soda again, and she was getting worried, so he went back to rehab, and then they laughed and at him, and they s- sent him home. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's what it is to be an adult. <laughs> Being boring and owning property. <laughs> and going to bed at a reasonable hour, which uh, is now, like... Yeah, it's like 9... The tw- goal of my life. It's 9.20 now, and I am so tired. <laughs> so tired. <laughs> so fucking tired 
There was a time years ago where I could be like, hey, it's 2 a.m. Uh, I could stay up for another hour. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm like. I used to pull all-nighters. I, I'm now getting to that point I where. Used to, I used I'm getting to that point where I take out my glasses to read something. Someone hands me something and I just go, ah. <laughs> like, I thought John Mulaney was joking, but I was. I did that we the other day. We bring up John Mulaney a lot on this podcast. Oh, we love him so much. Please come on the podcast. Please. I love you so much, John. Yeah, but not in a creepy way. Yeah, no. No. Come to but, the Bagel yeah, Basket. Going, going we'll record it to... in the basement. And you'll never leave. <laughs> going back to the critic. Oh, I was just going to go back to talking about being adult. I make an oof sound when I sit down. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> no, it's just like, oh. <laughs> so back to the critic. Yes. So if you're unfamiliar with the trials and tribulations of one Jay Sherman. He is a New York based television film critic. So he has like a Siskel and Ebert style show on a Ted Turner type of network run by a guy named Duke Phillips. I love Duke Phillips. Duke is one of my favorite characters. He is great. He's my third favorite character. Third? Franklin, his dad. Oh yeah. Franklin's great. And then Shackleford, their, their butler. <laughs> I love Hello, adopted master. Yeah, Jay. he's adopted, but he was adopted by a very rich family who is, they're all great. I mean, the mom, that character can be over the top. I mean, granted, they're, uh, they're all over the top, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, in terms of her bitterness. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how Shackleford is clearly based on John Gilgood from. I just, I love that Arthur. so much. Hello, adopted. Adopted Master Jay. And you know he's been telling him that all his life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Franklin Franklin Sherman. Franklin Delano Sherman, who uh, he's clearly based after Roosevelt. But Ro- is- Roosevelt? 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 Ro- Roosevelt. FDR. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Um, I just love how they describe the him. The one who married his cousin. <laughs> I love how they describe him. <laughs> My father had a stroke years ago. Actually, we just... Uh, Say that to explain his personality. <laughs> there, there's so many good jokes in this episode. They land so well. But, I mean, granted, there's a few stinkers in well, there. Okay, so part of the problem of marketing this show, a show like this, what, where do you think they should, like, put it on? Like, what type of TV show should um, precede it? Should it be a family sitcom? Or should it be, like, more of a raunchy sitcom leading into it? Because I'll tell you, this shows that th- this was sandwiched in between. Well, I'm getting a sense it was sandwiched between both. And neither one are good. No, it was sandwiched between Home Improvement. Oh, no. And then Full House. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like. I was going to say, definitely not a family show. Because at least you could ride the high of a more like raunchy show into, like, and watch this. What they should have done is they should have aired this after. America's Funniest Home Videos. Mm. Like, yeah, because that, yeah, that would have been, yeah. That was the Bob Saget generation. So right. it would have been like, you know, the for the red, white, and, and blue, all the funny things you do. America, America, this is you. Our national anthem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that that should be our national anthem. Um, Oh, don't say that. We'll get so many hateful comments. Well, speaking of National Anthem, and there are so many Trump jokes in this. 
Oh my god. Like like so the, the This pr- show actually predicts a lot of things really well. Let let me give a quick synopsis. So in this episode, this is the pilot episode if you're following along. Mm-hmm. And Jay basically is seduced by a young ingenue starlet. Yeah. And who is totally not dating him because she wants a good review on his next her next movie. Well, it makes you think, like, was she also seeing, like, Leonard Maltin and Gene Shalit and, and, like, Siskel Niebert at the same time? Y- you never know. Um, so, so... Like, y- she makes it, like, like, oh, I'm so fed up with all the good-looking, rich men. I think she says... I- now, look, I'll be honest. This is the ride I take with all my brother's girlfriends where they admit they're just using him. Why does everyone have such a hard time believing I love Jay? How can I put this? For one thing, his butt sticks out like an air conditioner. Ooh, a daffodil. Listen, I meet incredible looking guys all the time. But I never met a man as smart and funny and who appreciates me as much as your brother. Really? Like, okay. Yeah, I need to cleanse my palate. And that involves a... Very short, chubby, <laughs> balding wasp. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the basic gist of it. And is he I, a wasp? His parents are wasps. Well, his parents are wasps, and he's adopted. So yeah, he's a by w- proxy. Yeah, he's a wasp by proxy. So yeah, she she puts on a good act. She puts on a really good act. Like she she is dedicated. Because when he she like, even he, has sex with him. Well, I was going to say that. No, I I more than once. <laughs> See, I love how your mind goes right to that, and mine goes to when he's sitting down to lunch with his very attractive actor friend, and Jay is very self conscious, and he's Jeremy Hawk is his name. Yeah, Jeremy Hawk. Uh, but Jay is like, oh, she's she's going to come over here, and she's going to look at you, and she's going to forget all about me, and she's like. Totally wants nothing to do with his very attractive actor friend. Well, what I love about Jeremy Hawk... She's just like, uh-huh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, Jay. This, this show could could happen today and, like, it still hits all the beats because back then, like, the whole thing about Jeremy Hawk was he was, like, Mel Gibson because Mel Gibson was the successful Australian actor who was very charming and handsome mm-hmm. and made all of these ultra-violent movies but also did some award worthy films where you could do that today with Hugh Jackman or yeah. Chris Hemsworth. There's a lot of name dropping in this. But I but you like like you would think if you watched it today, if like kids watched it today, if like a fourteen year old watched this for the first time, they wouldn't think, oh, he's based after Mel Gibson. They'd be no. like, oh, he's based after Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Or he's based after Chris Hemsworth. I'm saying that the show works today. It it actually does. I feel like the jokes work better today today than they did probably back then slow burn um, um I, I including al- including one of my favorite jokes it's not my favorite joke but it is a like it is, it is a good joke where he kills a horse no no not that one sure jay are you coming sorry i had a very bad experience with a horse once now, before I let you ride the pony, are you sure you weigh less than 80 pounds? Uh, yeah. Patches. No! 
oh, that made me sad. No, when she's like, oh, I did date Donald Trump. And then, oh, it's, but then they're in front of Trump Tower. It's and a, it's foreclosed. Yeah, her line is, yes, I was a supermodel. Yes, I was Miss America. Yes, I dated Donald Trump, in quotes. Ooh. Yeah. I, what about her early career? Was her name Stormy? <laughs> well, her name is Valerie Fox. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking her her earlier movies were well, of I, the more adult nature. So going back to the... I listened to the commentary of every episode back in high school of this. And the one thing that always stuck with me when they were talking about this episode is that they love the fact that he has you know, integrity, and they can't believe that that they wrote it so that a beautiful woman who is showing feeling for him and he clearly doesn't get any attention, he still gives her a bad review. Well, <laughs> He still gives her a bad review. You know what, though? I kind of like that they did it that way because, like, they want to endear you to the character and make you realize that he does have, have scruples yeah he has scruples and that there are things that are sacred to him and that's the truth and granted he gives her like a softball of a of a review yeah because which he is goes, ridiculous because i've been hit by softballs and they really hurt <laughs> but <laughs> but he, he's like now our first film is kiss of death and you can't review this movie without talking about its lead actress who i have to say wasn't very good this time but he says like you know a lot of great actresses started out you know not so great and then share those adorable olsen twins yeah not the best examples but sally field though he gives her sally yeah. field who's well share won an oscar for moonstruck yeah but like he's trying so hard to be nice yeah and, and i mean given how we've we've seen how he review uh, oh I love the movies he reviews, the um, like the fake movies. I, for one, want to see um, Arnold Schwarzenegger as a R- undercover ra- rabbi. Rabbi P.I.? Yeah. Well, that's that's actually based on a real movie. It is not. It's not Schwarzenegger. Melanie Griffith played a undercover cop who had to protect the Hasidic community. Um, I forget the name of the movie, but I had to watch it. Pray tell, what is this movie called? I forget. It's really bad. Um, it It's really bad because, like, she starts falling in love with the guy who she's supposed to be protecting, and um, she goes... And then she converts. No, she doesn't. <laughs> he's, he's due to be married, and Hasidic culture, like, you can't do that. And he's really in a pickle, and she's like, "Well, I have feelings for you, so just get over it and leave your wife, or leave your girlfriend." Ah, uh, yes, that is a no-no. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it, it's a bad movie, but that I that's what they're making fun of. Like I know for a fact that is what they are making fun of. <laughs> How does Melanie Griffith have this many movies? The movie is scrolling, 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 scrolling. Scott is scrolling through his phone. I'm. Uh, this is the scrolling song. <laughs> did I go past it, it? It doesn't matter. This is gonna. It's gonna eat away at you. Eat at me. Um. So yeah, why don't you 
continue talking about whatever the fuck we were talking about. <laughs> so A Stranger Among Us. That's oh, what it's okay. called. A Stranger yeah. Among Us. Oh, interesting. This is this is the synopsis. Detective Emily Eden is a tough New York cop forced to go undercover to solve a puzzling murder. Her search takes her into the Hasidic community of New York City. <laughs> Yay! So, yeah, in the premise of Rabbi P.I., Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a Hasidic Jew. Because I love you people, I won't force you to watch the musical number. Well, maybe just a little. Oh, uh, dreidel, 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 I made you out of clay. Heh. <laughs> they bring that joke back later in the series. Oh, do they? <laughs> yeah. For I just love when he's, when uh, the gangster is like, Prove your worth and uh, circumcise this baby. <laughs> Hava Nagila, baby. baby. Well, the other joke is so they bring back the same joke over and over again. Look who got paid eight million dollars to do this, and it's always Marlon Brando because Marlon Brando was paid eight million dollars for Apocalypse Now when he showed up on set, didn't memorize his lines. He, he was supposed to lose weight. He actually gained weight. He's like impossible to work with. And the joke is Family Affair, um, which was a TV show in the 50s and 60s, which was about a two orphan children being raised by their uncle and the uncle's butler friend, Mr. French. So the joke is... Tonight, we'll be reviewing Family Affair, the motion picture. Just look who got $8 million to play Mr. French. Buffy, Zodi. For your lunch, I have made peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Would you make a sandwich for my doll, Mrs. Beasley? Yeah, sure. That's exactly what I feel like doing. Of course I can get together a little sandwich for your stupid little doll. Hang on a sec. I'm going to pretend I really understood that joke, even though I didn't. Um, <laughs> but... The joke is that Marlon Brando gets paid a ridiculous amount of money to be in movies, and he just phones it in. No, I, I get that. It's just... Some, I will say some of the jokes are for more educated ears, so to speak. Yeah, but another joke like that... They're, they're clearly catering towards, uh, like, you know, filmmakers or f- people who are interested in film. Yeah. You know, so I will say, it to you know, it doesn't work towards the show's credit to do that because you're cutting off... Yeah, I know, but... Know, but- Throughout uh, the you're entire, cutting off a portion of your audience. Throughout the entire series, there are some movies that I would have loved to see, like uh, the Mel Brooks comedy, "The Hand That Rocks the Dreidel." Yeah. <laughs> or the Nightmare Before Hanukkah. Okay. You don't remember that joke? No. I Excuse don't. me, is this Hanukkah Town? No, it's the Vatican, and I'm the Pope Shlomo. Oi. No, I don't remember all the all the uh, throwaway movies. Oh, they, there's some of my favorites. Um, it kind of reminds me though of Bob's Burgers. A little bit. Well, I, it, no, remember like in in the opening one of the uh, stores, the name always changes. Oh, like, um, oh my god, the one that sticks out the most is like the, Game of Thorns. Game or, of Thorns or the Petal File. Yeah, <laughs> Petal File. Uh, there's a lot of flower shop ones. Yeah. And extermination ones. Oh uh, no! Wait, that's the van. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, it's it's kind of like that. They do recycle jokes, but they do it in new and interesting ways. Um, and uh, again, uh, again, like I've already said this. Um, another thing that doesn't quite work for the show, at least not anymore, like really dates it. Um, at least for today's audience, I'm Playful really beating. Sexism. No, I'm I'm really beating around the bush. Well, there's that, but also, um, what do we get when we first open? Oh, that's right. The opening, could it be the opening shot? The is, twin towers. Well, it's it's the New York City line. I know. And I know. if you've ever seen it yeah. before 9/11, it it was a thing of beauty because you had. Like yep. the Guggenheim, you had the World Trade Center, you had all of these beautiful images. The music itself is done by Hans Zimmer. Is it? Yeah, okay. he created the theme, mm. and he he Which... was like he was like I was inspired by Rhapsody in Blue, and you can really hear it. Like like yeah it... Uh, yeah I can. Also, this might be one of my favorite theme songs of all time. Really? Yeah, it gets stuck in my head all the time. It's just such a catchy song, and it's it's. I also love how it ends, because it ends with him watching the show, and they show like they insert a different movie that he says it stinks. It's it's kind well that's. But then the that image kind of reminds me again of the Simpsons, where like we get the same opening. Yeah. But there's a like a little something different, and so you always want to watch it. Right. Because you want to figure it's it's smart. You're you're you. It's like the end scene to any Marvel movie. Right. And I feel like this was kind of the beginning of that. Well, what what always gets me is after he's done watching it, how cute they animate him going to sleep. He just tucks himself in and he just goes to sleep and he looks well, so happy that he gave a bad review to a movie. <laughs> well, sometimes you go to bed like that. S- okay. Yeah. Although I will say most of the movies you give bad I would say a good ninety five percent of the movies I, you give bad reviews to actually, deserve it. I go to bed better when I give a really good review. Like like it's a movie that just really enchants me. Like um Heart Hearts Beat Loud, when I gave a good review to that, or Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, like like a movie that makes me feel really good. Well, I, you feel content. Your mind is at rest. It's like, oh, finally, something original. I don't have to see a remake of Chips. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. But I, also, this TV show made me want to be a film critic. Is this what did it? Yeah, because in like the third episode. They, they don't portray it like it's a very desirable job. Yeah, because his boss is like, why do you have to be so critical? You're supposed to review movies on a scale of good to excellent. What if I don't like it? That's what good's for. Oh, I love that joke. I love it so much. um, Going back to the opening real quick, though, but it it plays to my point. They show him going through his day from beginning to end, and he doesn't really have, like, it's never a good day. 
Uh, a pigeon takes away his, his wig. <laughs> he goes to the zoo and there's this creepy panda that looks like him. Him and his son. We yeah. haven't even talked about Marty, who's played by Kristen Kavanaugh, mm. who is the voice of Chucky Finster on Rugrats, the voice of Dexter from Dexter's Lab. One of Was the this power where po- a lot of like those voice actors got their start? Uh, no, no, they just actually took the really good ones. So the voice cast in this is John Lovitz as mm-hmm. Jay Sherman. Right. Uh, you have Kristen Kavanaugh as his son, Marty. Mm-hmm. And she's also the old lady. Excuse me. Can I rub your hump? Oh, you hunchbacks are so me. <laughs> uh, Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Bart Sis- Simpson, is his sister, Margo. Mm. You have... Maurice LaMarche, the voice of the brain from Pinky and the Brain, is Jeremy Hawk, Orson Welles, oh. Anthony Hopkins. Or Wait, An- what? <laughs> he, does Anton- he does Anthony Hopkins in this. Wait, Anthony Hopkins was in this episode? No, no. I was it's like, m- what? <laughs> no, when they do Honey, I Ate the Kids. Did I blink? <laughs> they do Honey, I Ate the Kids, and it's... Maurice oh. LaMarche doing the best Anthony Hopkins impression I've ever heard. Oh, wait, as in Anthony Hopkins wasn't actually in the show. Yeah, he, these are the voices that he does. Oh, okay, because I was like, um, this is a little, a little below his pay grade, No, probably. but the celebrity voices that they got to be in this, they did actually get some pretty good ones. Mm. Like, um, Billy Crystal is in an episode. They literally... Is Seinfeld in... No. Here? Okay. That's well, Maurice LaMarche doing. Well, this is a good good impression that joke i thought was an actual seinfeld joke because they're like i thought you were taking kathy out tonight why do they call it taking out i took her to a restaurant it wasn't out it was in i would say i'm taking her in but then she sounds like a pair of pants um so yeah like like everything about this tv show was way before its time and i'm shocked that like netflix hasn't picked this up to do like like you know netflix wink wink to do like a hint hint well no algae and mike reese aren't gonna do it because they're still they're back on the simpsons like yeah they got a steady gig you don't think that like you know this would be kind of like again a palate cleanser well the people okay so the people who were the writing crew of this and and created it Mm -hmm. and made it happen they're not going to come back to write for it because you had paul feig Judd oh. Apatow. Oh. Uh, I mean, Wait, they they wrote for this show? Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, Damn. I, I heard a rumor that Dan Harmon did, mm. too. Like, like they ha- you had really good writers on this show. And mm. also, they take a really nice jab at Conan O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> because the joke was, they worked with Conan in the writer's room at The Simpsons. And then he got his late night talk show, and he left The Simpsons. So they just, you know, kind of wrote him in. But like, I mean, they're not too mean about it because like the whole joke is that the the restaurant that Jay always goes to. You mean Lionel Richie? (laughs) Yeah, he basically pushes Jay out of the way so Conan O'Brien can, you know, have a seat. I have saved the best. I love Vlada also. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he's in. Yeah, he's a series regular. Yep. And uh, his... It's either his daughter or his son, uh, Simka, <laughs> singing the, the national anthem of their, their people. Nee, nee, pee, pee, poopy. <laughs> and everyone's just laughing. 
I I completely forgot about that. That's one of my favorite episodes as well. That's uh What what is your favorite joke in this entire episode? In the entire episode? Oh god, jeez. Um cuz I know mine. There's two of them. So, my f- one of my favorite jokes is the entire scene of um and this is where I had my eighth birthday party. The clown scared me and I wet my pants. Everyone laughed and called me wee-wee. Kids can be so cruel. Hiya, wee-wee. Still wetting them drawers? Oh, shut up. Sure thing, Mr. W. And then, um, uh, Valerie, there's something I need to tell you about my parents. You're adopted. Well, well duh. duh. <laughs> Um, that's one of my yeah my favorite my well i'm gonna pick two again um my favorite is you can't just pick one you can't you can't no uh my favorite is the the very educated doorman or valet or whatever he he is oh um (laughs) hey mister why does it say king dork on your car oh because it was given to me by king dorkenheiser of finland I thought Finland was a constitutional democracy. Shut up. <laughs> um, and then the other one is when they're, you know, he and his lady lover in the streets and she's like, oh, Jay, I just have to tell you something. I love you. And he's like, I love you with a megaphone. And there's a guy about to jump out the window. And he's That's like, that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> that is also one of my favorite jokes. So th- this is some of the writing room for mm-hmm. the critic. You had Al Jean and Mike Reese, of course, but then you had Steve Tompkins, mm-hmm. who is a very famous writer. He created the Bernie Mac show. He wrote for The Simpsons. Uh, Tom Brady, not not the goat. <laughs> no, the guy who directed the hot chicken. The Don't animal. you know about Tom Brady's uh, early career? But then you have John Vitti, who was also on The Simpsons. Uh, Judd Apatow, Steve Levitan. Steve Levitan created Modern Family. Oh wow. Um. Paul Feig, yeah, the cat. You just had really great writers, mm. and they all needed jobs, so that's why they were there, so they could just go like balls to the wall. But well, it didn't last. Well, uh, one of my favorite jokes that that's not even in this episode. It's from the season two premiere, um, where you meet Alice, who ends up becoming his lady. Um, Duke says. They just think that uh, us from the South are just simple country bumpkins. <laughs> and I he, knew you were going to do this one. And he hits he hits the desk and the country bear jamboree comes out. Where are the bears that sing for Duke? Duda, Duda. Drink in moonshine till we puke. Oh, the Duda. It's one oh, of I love that tune. <laughs> it's one of my favorite jokes and it makes me so... Oh, that's the other good part when like, uh, they're like, oh, you know, Duke, we're experiencing uh, diff- uh, technical difficulties. Oh, just show that photo of me riding. Oh, the we're horse. about to we're about to come back from break, and uh, Jay's not on set. Yeah, I own the station. Just show that photo of me on a horse. I look fabulous. <laughs> I don't think he says I look fabulous, but yeah, because something- I, I said magnificent, and he said I look fabulous, yeah. and I was like, he's, oh, so, I was- he's just so funny. Duke, Duke is one of the best characters, but I think Franklin du- Franklin Sherman is the greatest character, especially when he goes, I know a man who can help you. His name is El Cabong. What? 
in the episode for their um their anniversary, he thinks he's El Kabong, which was Quick Draw McGraw's character where he would put on a Zorro mask and hit people over the head with a guitar. Okay. Yeah. See, again, another one of those jokes that is that caters to uh writers and filmmakers and not necessarily you know me yeah but also (laughs) franklin sherman is just so great like when he's like if i said it once i've said it a thousand time who are all you people i love his uh baby january or baby new year (laughs) you are a disgrace to this entire family who wants to boogie with baby 37 do 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 like this show is just brilliant and after watching Denver the Last Dinosaur and my brain melting Don't you dare speak of that name in this house. But how did that get fifty episodes and this one barely scratched twenty four? Mm, after yeah. two seasons. So like, what like what was it twelve episodes per season? Pretty much. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Well, ABC has a But tra- you know, it's like Firefly. It has a cult following now. Well, we're going to talk about it in April, uh, not April, in August, but I'm doing stuff that was just pushed to August to to make it like disappear. So we're going to be doing some movies that were pushed there, but we're going to be talking about the cartoon series Clerks, which also aired on ABC. ABC does not know how to like create cartoons like for adults mm. because they get too worried because they're a family-oriented station owned by yeah, the they- House of Mouse. Yeah, now they are. Or wait. They've always been on. Yeah, that's true. They yeah. were the first. I forget. It's just because Disney's buying everything that. Yeah. We're I still gonna have. I still need to show Mickey you. We're going to have Mickey Mouse ears tattooed onto our necks. Like Someone brilliantly made. Uh, I don't know who it was, but they made a opening for a movie with the all of the logos in Compass. It starts with the Disney logo and then it just goes into 20th Century Fox, Lionsgate, all over like the Magic Kingdom. Fun fact, and I know I've told you this before, but uh, Disney was not the one who came up with the name Mickey for his mouse. His wife did. Yep, his wife Lily. He was going to call him Mortimer. Yep, and she's like, that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Morty. She did what a good wife would do. (laughs) Yeah, so with the critic, one thing in this episode is um, when he... Oh, I was wrong about my favorite joke. My favorite joke is actually... Is it the musical number? Because we haven't even talked about that. We're getting there. No, it's when she goes, what's this? And he goes, that's my Pulitzer Prize. No, that's my award from summer camp. (laughs) What did you do? And he's in a pie-eating contest. More, more, more. Uh, I killed a bear. Like that that delivery. Just just the way he says it too. Because most of these jokes would fall very flat if he didn't deliver it correctly. And it's just like the very muted, like, I killed a bear. (laughs) Uh, I killed a bear. But um, one of my favorite things about this episode is they do a Beauty and the Beast style musical number. Which clearly took a good chunk of their budget. But totally worth it. And this was... when I So I saw this when I was about... I think I was seven or eight years old. Because my parents were like, oh, it's a cartoon. I'm sure the show's fine. And like all of the dirty jokes went right over my head. But the the musical number always got me and I loved it. And it's <laughs> Beauty and the Beast 
but it's called Beauty and King Dork. And I could quote sung, it. Sung by a toilet and a... Uh, Dustbuster. Dustbuster. <laughs> but when I was eight years old, I could... I knew every line of this song. A story told through time happening in New York. He's a lemon, she's a lime. Beauty and King Dork. He's Adam to her Eve. She's Mindy to his mark. Her hair's like silk, he's had a weave. Beauty and King Dork. But after that clip, because we're probably coming back from the clip, um, Maurice. Welcome back! <laughs> Maurice LaMarche as the toilet, his singing voice is so beautiful. When he hits the high note on, he's had a weave. Like, I I get a little choked up. I'm like, how did the fuck is the brain hitting a high note? I Oh, I'm sh- I feel like he could hit high notes. Yeah, but also, I love when, when you realize that they're just... Sometimes it's the deepest voices that can go just as high. But I love I love in the scene that they were clearly dancing to no music in an empty apartment and it just cuts back to him going, Beauty and King Dork. What was that? Uh I said how useful is the spork. You know that spoon fork thing from KFC? Cover that up nicely. <laughs> That's one of the jokes that falls flat. Yeah, yeah. I he does that a lot. Like they they tried so hard to make that like his own little quirk and it doesn't it really doesn't work at all. Like um, they they forced um, I, catchphrases like, for him. Yeah. So I guess the history of Achi Machi, go on, comes from Mike Reese. His family used to take him to this like circus, and there were these foreign performers, as he would say. Who okay. every time they would do a somersault or a flip, they would just go achi machi and like tell jokes in between. But because it was, you know, very dirty jokes, okay, they went over his head. So he just liked the achi machi and he just put it in. Ooh, yeah, maybe he shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you have something as great as Akam. what? Like when he when he would burp or or cough, oh, Jay he would makes go, that little noise. Achim. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I don't like. I kind of cringe every time I hear that catchphrase. Um, and you know when when they do things that are just like they're trying so hard to force it. Well, the the best catchphrase for it from him is, and they never really utilize it like once or twice. But when he goes, "Oh ye gods." Oh, like when he's yeah. shocked, like when anyone says something like that, like one of my favorite jokes in the movie Dirty Work with Norm MacDonald is when he goes, oh, good Lord. <laughs> like anytime someone like goes, oh, ye gods, I find that hysterical. Yeah, but nobody does that. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's funny. Because, yes. Because but it's also, like, why yes, the fuck? But nobody does Achi Machi. And, yeah. And that's like, oh, really? That's still part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. But the joke that does work is when, uh, so he calls out sick. 
Plus, you know that one of those circus performers was probably watching this, like, you know, in their living room, and they're like, "Hey, well, they actually that was mine." They said that they said that on the commentary, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure those guys died in a knife fight." Oh, <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ. Um, so it's mine, I tell you, mine. <laughs> so, a- after the Beauty and the Beast dance scene. He fakes sick to to get out of going to a movie premiere because he doesn't want to review our movie. So Duke sends over a copy of the movie on VHS. That's He's how like, old. Oh this. God does hate me. Ah, uh, the line I believe is, "My shrink was right. God <laughs> does hate me." So that makes me believe like his shrink would be like, "Jay, God hates you." No, no, no. Like. Jay does have a ton of confidence. Can I have a tissue? We have no tissues in this room, Jay. Um, also, his son, Marty, I love how they introduce him because he's like about to re-get it on with Valerie. And you just hear a voice go, Dad, we're at a Doritos. Ah! You were going to take me to that ice cream place and tell them it was my birthday again. And they pay that joke off because then he does take him to that ice yep. cream place. Yep. So they do pay that joke off. And I just love Marty so much. Why are you so happy? Is this about that lady who was naked in your bed? From the mouths of babes. Like, John Lovitz gives such a great line delivery. Yeah. He's so funny. I love, too, when, again, after they've had their little rendezvous, their midnight rendezvous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, or as my Latin teacher would call it, reading poetry. <laughs> we 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 used to read read uh, like because we used to read um, ancient Greek poetry, which is very naughty. If you've ever read Ovid's Metamorphosis, it's very dirty. <laughs> so we would just say reading poetry. <laughs> so they were reading poetry, <laughs> and um, I like how he's like, you know, she's probably gonna leave me. He writes a now very it's a good time to take a photo. <laughs> he writes a very beautiful letter to yeah, her. Yeah, he's like, if you're if you're not here in the morning, I'll, Valerie, I'll my why. dear, I'm off to review your movie. If you're not here when I get back, I'll understand. But if you are gonna leave and you just hear a Polaroid go, <laughs> and he clearly just took a naked photo of her, which some of the stuff ages well, but like kind of yeah. When the, she does, when she pulls the Sharon Stone basic in- instinct move, and, on the him, whole, and he's like, "Can we show that?" And the whole implication that she's only sleeping with him to get a good review that doesn't age very well because clearly she was just sleeping with him to get a good review. Yeah, yeah. Because when he does review, as we said before, her when, her movie where she's just like, "I have something for you." A kiss of death. Well, I love the guy is clearly supposed to be uh, Charles Bronson. He's like, hey, baby, how about you come here and give me a kiss? I will give you a kiss, all right. A kiss of death. <laughs> yeah, you, you just said what I said. But Congrats. Well done. But I love doing the Charles Bronson. I know. Any, any excuse to do, hey, ma, can I have some cookies? I love Charles Bronson, and so do they, because Al Jean and Mike Reese always throw in someone doing Charles Bronson. <laughs> so, I'm right there. And then, uh, yeah, and then, uh, of course, it's revealed that yes, she was like he. He literally comes back from his review of her film, and she's like, "You're short, you're fat, and even for a film critic, you're bad looking. You're ugly. Yeah, 
She doesn't say bad looking because that would be not as mean. She flat out says ugly, and he just goes, (gasps) (laughs) Yeah, but then, uh, like, he goes outside, and he's like, I bet you thought I had this thing called pride. Well, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. (laughs) And then there's, like, people in the background, like, breaking up, including a Woody Woody Allen joke. Yeah, the Woody Allen joke doesn't age well, especially. It's bad. (laughs) Well, the implication in that joke is he goes, Soon Yi, I didn't know she was your sister. Ugh. Fair. Or that she was younger than you. But also, (laughs) ugh. God damn it, Woody. Um, There is not a snake in his boot. That's a different Woody joke. Anyways, the, the that that fell flat. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> I know, but the um, the guy who's the pathetic one is uh, Denise. If you come back, I swear to God, I'll stop drinking. That's not funny. That's just sad. It is very sad. <laughs> like, and, and it's like they knew too, because then they you know they th- they gotta throw Woody in there. Yeah, and um, I love after she finally leaves, he goes, "Come on, Dad." laugh this is where you get the seinfeld joke and he's like i'm sitting on a volcano of rage and he goes well want to go see the new sylvester stallone movie what's the premise he plays a concert pianist to the multiplex which in the early 90s stallone was making movies where, where he clearly did not belong in those movies like stop or my mom will shoot uh there's a movie called over the top where Haley, my love Yes. This is the premise of a movie. Mm-hmm. To win his son's love and respect, Sylvester Stallone enters an arm re- wrestling competition. I feel like I've heard of this before. Yes. They yes, did it I on. Uh, they did it on. How did this get made? And the whole the whole thing that always made him win is he would be wearing a trucker's cap. But to win, he would take the trucker's cap and he would put it backwards. Oh my God. Shit is getting real. But yeah, like the idea of Sylvester Stallone playing a concert pianist, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play Chopin. But first, I'm going to turn my head backwards to let you know. I take this shit seriously. Well, he's a concert pianist, so I'm guessing I'm going to put my... Hey, I'm going to put my uh, bow tie on backwards. <laughs> what if that was just like his thing in every movie is just turning something backwards? Well, one of our favorite actresses, Marissa Tomei, had the misfortune of being in the Sylvester Stallone movie mm. called Oscar, which was a comedy about the mob because the mob is so funny. <sighs> Sorry. So, so yeah, the critic... If you haven't seen it, first off, why are you listening to this podcast? Because this clearly isn't hey, the hey, podcast for hey. me. Hey, listen, it is a very obscure show. Not a lot of people have heard about it, and we're probably introducing it to a few people. All right, I'm sorry. You can be our friends again. Like, I didn't know, you know, a damn thing about this. Until Get the you- hell out. <laughs> well, fine. <laughs> Just do the fake. <laughs> walking away um so yeah 
So do you think this is a strong pilot for a show? This is a very strong pilot for a show, which makes me baffled that like they didn't understand it and they didn't know where to place it. What do you mean they didn't know where to... Oh, oh. Because they sandwiched it in between two wholesome shows. Yeah. Like, and then they tried moving it behind dinosaurs. Like, they didn't know where to put this show. Right. And that's why it failed. But again, I think it's because the comedy was a little too ahead of its time. It was very good at predicting, you know, some things in the future. But now, like, the ratings that it was pulling in when it first came out mm-hmm. would have been amazing ratings now. They were upset that it was only bringing in about 7 million viewers. Is that is that just because there was less competition back then? Well, yeah, you didn't have streaming. Yeah. But I have a feeling if they brought this back and they did, like, a streaming series of it on Netflix, they mm-hmm. did, like, a 10-episode arc or 13-episode arc, the show would do so well because... Lovitz's voice hasn't really changed. No, the- not at all. And he's still that lovable goof. Yeah. Um, if you've ever heard him talk about, like, he was on, um, he was here in Massachusetts, and he was on, I think it was ZLX, and they're like, John, of all the movies that you made, which one do you like the most? And he goes, well, I really like baseball, so I got to go with a league of their own, because... I got to know what it would be like to play for the Brooklyn Dodgers. I'm just kidding. It was all about ladies. Like he, the way he talks uh, about okay, <laughs> the way he talks about his work is is very nostalgic and very loving. So you gotta love Lovitz. Okay, even though a remark like that's kind of like <laughs> yeah, but the the way he talked about it is like I really like baseball. <laughs> um. So yeah. Ah, uh, God, I love. I love this show. This show is brilliant. How many bagels? I am not taking any bagels out. Seriously? Even though some of the jokes kind of fall flat? Okay, I'll take one bagel out. There's 12 left. Okay. But I I love this show. It has such a nostalgic spot in my heart. I could quote this series all day. You do. I do. <laughs> you even say Achi Machi from time to time, which again, it, it just it's like... <laughs> I cringe. I cringe. Sorry. You knew what you were getting into. I love this show, too. I'm I'm still giving it high marks, but I'm taking away two bagels because the jokes fall flat for me. And, well, some of them. Most of them are, are really good. And um, I think it's a decent pilot. The second episode is really strong. I, yeah. I think this is a decent pilot. They... They did a good job showcasing Jay's life and establishing him as a character because he has scruples. This whole show was about like how much, like how far this guy will go. To stick by his principles. Right. And, you know, he sacrifices the most beautiful woman he's ever been with. (laughs) And, but uh, also, I think they sometimes go a little too far with giving him a hard time yeah but in season two when they actually give him someone who cares about him right when yeah, they finally true. give him they, alice there is a payoff later although it, it it's well is it a little late because it's it's only 12 episodes i don't know but well season two is longer because fox gave it yeah more episodes so i'm gonna give it 11 11 bagels out of 13 yeah and i'm doing 12 out of 13 okay. um 
I will say season two has one of my favorite sight gags of mm-hmm. all time when they have uh, Jeremy Hawk when he's hosting the SNL knockoff uh, Yesterday Night Live. They go, <laughs> they go, and musical guest, the Rolling Stones. And it's just a bunch of old guys with walkers and, and Keith Richards has a catheter. Wow. They, they were even considered old back then. Yeah. I if someone can find that still image and make a shirt of it for me and send it to us, email it to me and I will definitely get that shirt because that image is one of my favorite images from you the- won't be paid for it, but we would love it. <laughs> it's the thought that counts. We'll give you a shout out. Um. So, yeah. So what we're doing next week is We've sandwiched in two movies at the beginning of the month and the end of the month, so we're doing another TV series. We're doing Freakazoid. Oh, my. Which was another weird, brilliant TV show that got canceled too soon as well. But it's also fucking weird. So, yeah. So if I you think want- my brother truly had a hard time with that. No, no, he does pretty well. Uh, because he gets to... Uh, he, 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 does, he does good. Oh no! I just mean like with the show. Wait, yeah. what? <laughs> he liked I'm it. Sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> he liked it. Okay. He liked it. Hey, Mikey. He liked it. So yeah, if you want to watch that, we did uh, the two-part episode, the chip, which is the origin story of how Freakazoid became Freakazoid, and you think it'd be the pilot, but they waited until you know episode eight and nine or seven or eight. To do the origin story of this uh, series. Another show shown out of order. No, they did it on purpose. Oh, they did? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yep. That's shitty. So, yeah. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Writer Bagel Basket, which is no, no vowels. No vowels. All vowels. No vowels because Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram as well. Have you ever thought about getting a new handle <laughs> no because all of the it's ones too late now it's too late and all of the ones i've tried it no yeah um so you can also follow us on instagram at writers bagel basket everything's there and email us writers bagel basket at gmail.com please w-r-t uh w-r-i now i have to spell it with vowels <laughs> what the fuck w-r-i-t-e-r-s B A G E L B A S K T E K E T at gmail.com. It's on the website. Yeah, yeah. Just click on the description. Just email us. Um, and uh, please like us on Facebook. We appreciate your love. And if you give us a five star review on iTunes and you have a podcast, maybe I'll do it back like I always do. So subscribe to us, like us. You might even get a shout out. Yeah, if you write a very nice one, like our good buddy Derek Brown, who's been on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> he gave us five stars. Why haven't you? Please. So until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. I'm Haley. Bye.
Lils and Patrick are two local musicians from the New England area whose minimal accomplishments have left them thoroughly unqualified to judge bands and artists who have been more successful than they ever could be. And yet, their passion for bad music persists on Jukebox Zeros, the podcast that takes a retrospective look at the worst albums of all time. From the Shags to Attila, from Cyberpunk to Scream, if there's a band that has an album they're ashamed of, Lils and Patrick will be there. Share their love on Jukebox Zeros, now on the Zero Science Network and wherever podcasts may be found. Hey everybody, this is Kelly Reynolds and I'm the host of Boobies and Newbies, the podcast that asks novice romance readers to think outside the dick in a box. Join me for a new episode every Friday as we review romance novels with non-romance readers. From the sweet, loving, fairy tale romances of the Highlands. Who cares I'm about up against the wall by the fruit trees? <laughs> yes. Like, where's the dragon? I'm inside the belly of a dragon. To the naughty erotic threesomes with Navy Seals. Sex was a 10. I mean, you cannot get any better than this book. Come okay, on, you guys. Good. Really. We read it all. Check us out at Boobies Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Listen to previous episodes on any podcast streaming platform. You can also support Boobies and Newbies on Patreon.com for lots of bonus booby content and early episode releases.